So we hope you have a great worship. We're very exciting to have the electric and exciting and ever-spiritual Brian Tan to preach to us today. So let's welcome him. We love you, Larry. Is this working? Check, check. Test, one, two. Okay, there we go. Hi, I am the, how did Chris describe me? Electric, exciting, ever, no. I'm a normal person, just just so we get that out there and there's no uh, unrealistic expectations of what I'm about to do up here, okay? Before we do that, let's go ahead and bow our heads and pray. Father God, good morning. Thank you for another day of life. Thank you for the opportunity to be able to come and worship you. I pray that you speak through me today, Father, that you move me to the side. God, that we can learn from your word and be equally impacted. That we can leave this building better people than when we came in. Father, and that you would be pleased with our worship. Love you so much, and I pray this in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So, I have to confess, there's one thing that I've always wanted to do while I'm up here. You know, and and, um, it's kind of weird, but... When I was a kid, I, I would uh, spend a lot of time at my dad's office. He'd pick us up from work and take us there because he, he didn't get off work just yet. So we'd be bored. But there was one TV at the office, and it was stuck on this one channel. And there was this show that was always on. Um, it was The Price is Right. <laughs> and so one of the things I've always wanted to do is I've always wanted to be a TV uh, game show host. So I'm going to take this opportunity now because Marty says I have the con and I can do what I want while I'm up here. So we're going to play a little game. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and put up a number of items here on the stage. And I'm going to describe them a little bit. I'm going to want you to just shout out how much you think it's worth. Okay? Sounds good? So first up, the item we have are Glossé Luxury Ice. This is actually a pack of 50. You get 50 of these ice spheres, and they're advertised to be uh, excellent at cooling your drink without diluting it. So, do I hear? I hear $15. Do I hear anything else? 15 20 20 bucks? 50 50 99 Five, $55? $51. And the price is... $325 for a pack of 50 ice spheres. Remember, these are luxury items. <laughs> the next item we have on the board. Oh. This is a Sforsky crystal bathtub, specifically for babies and puppies. I mean, it's got to be worth something for, for a fight, right? This is so cute. I hear a bid up there. How much? Ten thousand. Eight thousand five. What? Eight thousand three hundred twenty-five. Three thousand. And the price is thirty-nine thousand dollars. Thirty-nine thousand dollars. You have to really love your dog if you want him to bathe in luxury like that. The next item up. This is a Gold Genie 24-karat gold-plated bicycle. Now, you can't see right here, but those wheels are actually diamond-encrusted, okay? You will also notice, though, that this bicycle is a luxury item, and it is not for actual riding because there are no pedals here. 
2.5 million. 10 million. 25,000. 4.5 million? 1 million? 1 dollar. Rick, I, I don't know if, if you would be very good on this show. <laughs> Valued at $470,345. I heard someone say 500,000. You would be pretty close. The Aurora Diamante Fountain Pen. Now, this is a pen that is encrusted completely with diamonds. And this little nib right here is 24 karat white gold. Only one of these is ever made a year. How much? 3,000. 1.2. Are you cheating? 1.2 million. $1 billion. What? Two billion dollars. It's not that crazy. Come on. I mean, it's only a diamond encrusted pen. It is valued. Yes, it is real, Rick. It is valued at one million four hundred seventy-six thousand six hundred dollars. And the final item on our auction block. And you guys know what this is? This is this is yes. This is art. Yeah, yeah. This is art. This is a Jackson Pollock painting number five, painted in 1948. Prices, prices, auctions. 1.2 million? 1.2 million? 10.5 million. 140 million. 2.2 million. Anyone from over here? 3.5 million. It's 140 million. You can't look on Google. That's just it sold for 140 million. Now, this does have a point. This does tie into my lesson. Just letting you know, I'm not doing this just for fun. But would you guys agree that we make a ridiculous amount of money here in the U.S. to spend on things like this, like a $39,000 bathtub for your pet? It's a pretty ridiculous amount of money. That's how much some people make in a year. And people spending that on their pets. So, so you would agree that, that in this country we are rich? Yes. yes. Um, I mean, when you compare us to the rest of the world, there are, is there at least a third of the world's population lives on $2 a day. And when you compare that, California, I believe the minimum wage is supposed to go up to $10 an hour by January this coming year. So if that's $10 an hour, in an average workday you're making 80 bucks a day. So can someone, who's really good at math? What percentage increase is that? $2 a day versus $80 a day. I'm really bad at math. I did, I, I did the math before, but I'm not sure if I'm right. How much? According to my math, it was a 4,000% increase, but I'm not sure if that's correct. Does that sound about right to you guys? Well, just let that sit. If you want to you know, come after me and tell me later that I was wrong, you can do that later. But today's lesson, we're going to talk about, about how the fact we are rich. And a lot of times we can view that as, as an advantage, right? Money's power. We can do a lot of things with money. You can do a lot of great things with money. But Jesus says that riches make it hard to enter the kingdom of God. This morning, the title of my lesson is Lukewarm and Loving It. Turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 10. Or sorry, Luke chapter 18. For those of you guys who don't have your Bibles, which you should, this is church. I have the scriptures up here 
in front. But the font is a little small, so if you're in the cheap seats, you might want to move up to the front. It's okay. You know, they've sealed the cabin doors, so if you want to move up to the front, you don't have to pay extra. In Luke chapter 18, verse 18, the Bible reads, A certain ruler asked him, or Jesus, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. Well, Jesus, all these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad. Because he was very wealthy. Jesus looked at him. And I like uh, some of the other, uh, other Gospels. It says Jesus looked at him and loved him. It says, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. So hard. Those who heard this asked, who then can be saved? I mean, here in the U.S., we're, we're all rich. So then who can be saved if it's so hard for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven? Jesus replied, what is impossible with men is possible with God. Jesus says, it is so hard. And you can see in the eyes of this man, he was sad. He came up to Jesus. He did everything right. He went to the right person. He asked the right question. But at the end of the day, when he was confronted with the answer, he said that it was too hard. That's too much, Jesus. I can't give that up. Jesus says, with man, this is impossible. But the interesting thing is, and I, I actually never noticed this until I started writing this lesson, um, but right after this story is the story of Zacchaeus. You guys all know the story of Zacchaeus? In Luke chapter 19, just right after this, in verse 1, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man, there by the name, a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus, and he was the chief tax collector and was wealthy. So same as the other guy. He's wealthy. But he wanted to see Jesus. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. So just like the rich young ruler... He was wealthy, and he also wanted to see Jesus. So he goes out of his way, figures out the, the parade path that Jesus is going through, through the city, and says, I'm going to stake out my spot here. Kind of like you guys do during the Rose Parade uh, on New Year's. So he's like, I'm going to sit here because, you know, I need, a, I need a good seat. I want to see who Jesus is. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay him back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house 
because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. And it's almost like here, Jesus is saying, see, it is possible. It is possible for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. But what is the difference? If you look at these people, their backgrounds are the same. They're coming from the same place. But the difference is in what their perception was of, of their wealth. The rich young ruler looked at his wealth and said, I don't know, because this is a lot. You mean I have to take everything I own and give it? Like my house, like all of my camels, all like everything, and sell all of that? Like, well, then what am I going to do? What am I going to eat? Like, that's hard. I can't do that. You see, conversely, Zacchaeus, he doesn't even, Jesus doesn't even have to ask him to give stuff to the board. Zacchaeus jumps off the tree and says, Look, right here, half, everything, everything. Just, I don't care. Take it. If I cheated anyone, like, take it. Just, just, I don't care. It's, it doesn't matter to me. It's not worth it because Jesus wants to be with me. Jesus wants to eat dinner with me. He wants to stay at my house. He wants to have a sleepover. That's awesome. And you see that that what Zacchaeus valued and what the rich young ruler valued were completely different. You know, this morning, as as we started to talk about money, I want to make sure you guys understand, I'm not talking about money this morning. I'm talking about the heart. I'm talking about where where do we value, where do we place our value? And in those those things that you saw, you know, when we were auctioning off these items, um, I mean, a Swarovski crystal-encrusted bathtub is not going to be worth very much to you if you don't have any food. You know, we assign all this value. Oh, $39,000, that's great. But at the end of the day, if you don't have anything to eat, that thing is worthless. And the same comes here. When, we, when we're presented with that, that, that choice, do we choose everything we have in this world? Or do we choose God? It's hard. Because we have a lot. And when we look at that, we see, we see the value of it. We see how much we own, the things we have, the things that make us comfortable, the things that make us secure. And then when we take that and look at God, we falter. We wonder, is it really worth it? In Revelation chapter 3, I know you guys have all uh, read the scripture before. We're going to go ahead and turn there. Revelation chapter 3, Jesus writes seven letters to seven churches. And one of these churches is a church in Laodicea. Um, What's really interesting to know, and actually I didn't know this until I picked up a study Bible and started preparing for this lesson. The church in Laodicea was actually the richest, uh, Laodicea was actually the richest city in the province of Phrygia during the Roman Empire. So this was like the richest church. Okay. Uh, Revelation chapter 3, you guys there yet? Awesome. The Bible reads, To the church, or to the angel of the church in Laodicea, write, These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, Neither hot nor cold. I am about to spit you out of my mouth. You know, and we've read the scripture many times in church. We've heard countless lessons preached on this. Um, I've heard the scripture, you know, so many times. And I've analyzed the scripture. And, 
It's easy to break everything down to, well, you know, what this part really means and what this part really means and what does lukewarm really mean. But I, I really like what Marty says about how it takes a theologian to misunderstand this. The very simple, basic point that God is trying to make is if you lukewarm, you make me sick. I don't want to have anything to do with you. Well, well God, that's kind of harsh. You know, that, I mean... We're, we gave our lives up for you. I mean, we come to church on Sundays. We go to, you know, midweek sometimes. Like, we, we dedicate our life. We give money. Like, that's not enough. Like, you want me to be completely sold out? Give everything? Like, that's kind of hard to do all the time. You know, we look at the things we have and we're like, this is a lot to give up, God. Like, I don't know if it's really worth it. It's kind of harsh for you to tell me, too, that, that you're going to spit me out of your mouth. You know, because I do love you, God. Like, I do. It's just, you know, it's hard. I'm going to show another picture. I want you guys to, you know, tell me how much you think it's worth. This is why it makes God so sick. To look at his son dying on a cross and say, it's not worth it. To look at God who came down to earth, lived a life, perfect life, and suffer the way he did for us, for me. Look at that and be like, you know what, God? I I can't give up that sin. I can't, you know, it's hard for me to forgive that person. I can't do it. It's too hard. It's not worth it. God, you know, I know you, you really want me to go serve and to do this or that, but it's, I don't have the time. This is not harsh. This is perfectly fair for God to feel this way about us when we look at his son and say, you're not worth it. He goes on in Revelation uh, chapter 3, verse 17. You say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth and I do not need a thing. And that's the weird thing about money, right? The more you have, the more secure you feel. The more I feel, well, you know what? I don't need to ask God every day, God, like, I need food. God, I need a place to stay. We're, we're not reliant on God in that way because we have money. But the interesting thing about money is that security is false. Money comes and goes. Um, right after Eric and I got married, I got a job. And to me, it was like the biggest deal ever because it was $20 an hour. I was working at a legit healthcare, health insurance brokerage company. I could wear suits to work. I was excited. They were telling me, oh, our company Christmas party is going to be at Morongo Casino. Like, we're doing all these things for you. It's all free for you. And I was like, I've arrived. And they're like, you can move up in this company. Like, the person who was in the position before you now makes six figures. And I was like, this is great. And when, you know, through the first, like, few months of our marriage, I was like, Erica's like, oh, I want to go out to eat. Sure. I want to buy that. Go for it. Buy the second thing that you don't really want, but, you know, you have the money to buy anyways. 
I was I felt so secure because I had money. I didn't worry about anything. It wasn't it wasn't it didn't cross my mind, oh I have to sacrifice because I was like, Oh, I have money, it doesn't matter. Three months in I got laid off. I have to tell you, the six months that followed that were the hardest moments of my life. Because I no longer felt secure. I no longer had money to lean on. I went from making $20 an hour to having to rely on unemployment. Looking for job after job and being turned away again and again and again. You're not what we're looking for. We don't want you. Your qualifications don't match. And this time I cried out to God. I'm like, God, why would you do this? Why are you letting me suffer? God says, because you're rich. You need to rely on me, not on money. Scripture continues, but you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. See, money throws this, this, this image in front of our minds that we're good. But God says, you don't realize. You don't see where you really are, where you really stand. You know, and I, I even wrestled with this, you know, where, well, if, if God says, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth, does that, does that really mean, like, does that mean I'm going to hell? Really? But when you read the scripture, I mean, these aren't words you use to describe someone who's saved. Wretched. Pitiful. Poor, blind. I mean, the song doesn't go, I once was blind, but now I'm blind. God says, you don't understand. You don't see what I'm offering you. You don't see what I'm handing to you. I'm, I'm, I'm coming to you and being like, here. And we look at what God has to offer and say, no, thank you. I like what I have. All, all these things on, on this earth that you've created... This, this little, you know, this paper like that, that actually really means nothing. I want that more than I want a relationship with the creator of the heaven and the earth. The awesome thing, though, is that Jesus doesn't stop there. He doesn't look at us and be like, you're lukewarm. I, I don't want to have anything to do with you anymore. Just go. Jesus continues in verse 19. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. You know, this, this lesson was kind of hard for me to put together because I don't, I don't really like conflict. <laughs> it's hard for me to be like, hey, you're, you need to repent. You know, I will if I have to because I love you. But Jesus says here, you know, because I love you, I'm telling you these things. I'm sure the church in Laodicea did not want to hear that. You don't hear, oh, you're going to spit me out of your mouth? Really, God? Jesus says, I'm telling you this because I love you. I'm telling you this because you have time. You can change. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, if anyone, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Jesus says, I want, I want to share a meal with you. I want to know you. I want to 
be in a relationship with you. So bad so that I will die for you. And even after you keep saying no to my face, I will keep knocking. I will keep knocking. I don't care how long it takes. I will keep knocking until you answer. He goes on to say, to the one who is victorious. It's like, let me give you a preview of what's going to happen. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne. Just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne, whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Jesus says, if, if you can get this, if you, under, if, you, if you only knew what I'm giving you, and you just, you know what, God, like, everything I have doesn't matter. Just take it. I just want to be with you. Jesus says, if you can get that, you can sit with me on my throne. You can be with me forever. And if that wasn't enough, in the next chapter, the very next chapter, God offers a glimpse into the throne room. I'm going to go ahead and read it. Revelation chapter 4. This is John speaking. He says, After this I looked, and there before me was a door standing open into heaven. And the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby, a rainbow that shone like an emerald circled the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings, and peals of thunder. In front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These were the seven spirits of God. Also in front of the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. In the center, around the throne, were four living creatures, and they were covered in eyes, front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion, second was like an ox, and the third had the face like a man, the fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and covered, was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night... They never stop saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God who was and is and is to come. Can you imagine? And not only this, but you have a front row seat. Jesus said, I got a seat saved for you right next to me. And you get to see all of this. You can be with me forever. There will be nothing that will come in between us ever again. Jesus says, this is all I have to offer you. My life, the rest of eternity, with me and with the Father. If we can get this, understand, then it'll be easy to be like Zacchaeus. You know what, God, like, this stuff doesn't matter. It doesn't. It's all going to go away anyways. We're here for what, 80 years, maybe? 90 years, 100 years tops? And then it's all gone. It doesn't matter what you got. It's going to be gone. You're not going to get to enjoy it. That Swirsky crystal bathtub, not going to matter. That gold-plated bicycle, does not going to help you. But Jesus says, I got something for you that's even better than anything you could ever imagine. 
have one more scripture for you guys. Matthew chapter 13. I think this, this parable summarizes the core idea. Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. The Bible reads, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, went and sold all that he had and bought that field. It's all about where you place your value. What is important? What is worth it to you? What I'm going to do now actually is a little uh, um, kind of off normal, but I have a few things that um, I'm going to put up on the screen. I'm going to ask you guys to, we're going to take a few minutes to pray. I'm going to play us a little song while we do that. Um, I want want us all to take some time to pray and to ask God to reveal to us areas in which we are lukewarm. To ask God to give us the strength in those areas of weakness. Now, maybe it's, it's, it's having difficulty forgiving someone. Maybe it's having difficulty giving up a sin or doing everything you can to combat that sin. Maybe for those of you guys who don't know who God is just yet, committing to getting to know Him, sitting down and studying the Bible with whoever invited you out. But ask God to give you strength. And lastly, to ask God to do whatever it takes to get you on fire for
Father God, as we end our time with you this morning, I pray that you help us to see how valuable you really are. God, that everything we have in this world doesn't matter without you. And at times that can be difficult. At times it can be hard to surrender and to give up things. But God, at the end of the day, you are always worth it. And I pray that you feel that from us this morning. God, that, that although we might be lukewarm, Father, that we would not let another moment pass without changing that. God, that as we leave this room, that we would not content ourselves with living and loving being lukewarm, but that we would always want to be on fire for you. I love you, God. Thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for your word and how much you love us and how you never give up on us. Pray this all in your Son, name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. You are dismissed.